Chapter 1 Stormcross Stormcross was a town that lived up to its name. You could tell just by looking at its well-worn shutters and worn-out cobblestones. But if you really wanted proof, you'd find it in the griffin-shaped weather vanes, all bent out of shape by the wind, and the weird glassy trails in the sand, where lightning had hit one too many times. It wasn't just the buildings that bore the brunt of the wild weather, though. The people of Stormcross were scared stiff, not just of the frequent lightning strikes, but also of the creepy creatures that hung out in the dark forest just outside of town and in the murky river. That same river was a lifeline too, bringing in much-needed trade, but it also brought danger right to their doorstep. Stormcross was a bustling town that often played host to out-of-towners. Despite its hardened exterior, it had a way of welcoming anyone who came through, no matter how unusual they might be. From humans to dwarfs to ilfs, and even the tiny hobbledhoys, the town was a melting pot of the world's most peculiar beings. And within the thick of it all was the lazy Jester Inn, a place just as diverse and lively as the town itself. Inside, the inn was bursting at the seams with all manner of riffraff. Snarling dogfolk rolled dice with pock-faced goblins, while beaked birdmen suspiciously eyed the boasting reptilians. The inn's boisterous proprietor, Otis Blandersnatch, didn't mind the variety. As long as they paid, he was happy to serve. Suddenly, a copper piece was flicked towards the bar. Otis caught it mid-air and examined it, his eyes never leaving the customer who'd tossed it, Wiley Halfenwood. Wiley was a ranger who looked like he hadn't seen a bath or a razor in months. He had a wild, outdoor scent about him and a glimmer of mischief in his eyes. Come now, no need for the scales. My coin's as good as the dead hand I pried it from. Let it be known, Wiley Halfenwood plunders none but the best, Wiley declared, his voice ringing out through the room. Otis, unfazed, retorted, I don't doubt the riches of the tombs you've picked apart, half-ilf, but I reckon you've shaved many a coin's edge since last your face. Wiley scoffed, Shave and deny my human heritage. He then proceeded to introduce Jack, his son, whom to everyone's surprise, was a field mouse peeking out from the folds of his tunic. As the room filled with laughter, Wiley promised to make up for the short-changed coin after his next big expedition. He was just in the middle of a grand proclamation about every great adventure starting in a tavern, when a loud grating noise echoed throughout the inn. All eyes turned towards the entrance, where Plo, a massive kappa who resembled a tortoise, was awkwardly wedged in the doorway. It seemed the lazy jester inn, despite its welcoming atmosphere, wasn't quite prepared for a visitor of this size. Plo's shell was a veritable fortress, a living testament to the many years he'd spent, well, being Plo. But now, that shell was proving to be a logistical nightmare. The doorway of the Lazy Jester Inn was simply not designed to accommodate a kappa of his girth. With a look of mild consternation on his amphibious face, Plo began a peculiar dance of contortion. He sucked in his belly and tilted his shell to one side. Then, with a slow, calculated shimmy, he inched his way forward. The wood of the doorframe creaked in protest, as if begging him to reconsider this invasion of its personal space. Oh, I careful there! You're going to take the whole place down, Otis shouted, but his voice was tinged with amusement rather than genuine concern. 
Plo paused, his eyes meeting Otis's. Apologies, he rumbled, his voice like gravel being stirred in a bucket. I find that most places are not... Kappa, commodious. The room erupted in laughter again, even as Plo resumed his struggle. With a final, Herculean effort that involved tucking his legs and retracting his head like a living, breathing piece of luggage, he managed to pop through the doorway. The inn seemed to exhale in collective relief, as if it had been holding its breath. Plo straightened up, his shell scraping off a final layer of paint from the doorframe as he did so. Ah, much better, he said, looking around the inn with a satisfied expression. My name is Plo, a pleasure to meet you all. The dog folk, goblins and other admixed folk went back to their games and vices. Wiley, who had been watching the whole spectacle with a grin, raised his mug in salute. To Plo, the only kappa who could turn entering a room into high drama. Wiley set his mug down and leaned in closer to Plo, his voice dropping to a conspiratorial whisper. So, what's a kappa of your considerable dimensions doing in a place like Stormcross? You don't exactly strike me as the gambling sort. Plo sighed, the sound reminiscent of a distant rock slide. I am on a life quest. I must pass through the treacherous Felspite forest to reach the Mound of the Ancients, a sacred place for my people. There, I hope to find my soulmate, build a nest, and live out my days. His eyes seemed to drift, as if envisioning this distant future. Eventually, my hatchlings will journey to the ocean. Wiley's eyes narrowed thoughtfully. Felspite Forest, you say? That's no walk in the park. I should warn you, the forest is a labyrinth of dangers. You'll need more than just a guide. You'll need a protector. What's in it for the guy that gets you through? Plo looked intrigued but cautious. And you consider yourself up to the task? Wiley leaned in even closer, his voice tinged with a mix of confidence and secrecy. Absolutely. I've navigated through spider-infested caves, crossed blades with orcish brigands, and even danced with banshees and satyrs. Felspite Forest and I are old acquaintances. To emphasise his point, Wiley reached into his tunic and produced Jack, the field mouse he'd introduced earlier. And this is my son, Jack. Don't underestimate him. Plo squinted at the tiny creature. A mouse? Your son? Wiley chuckled softly. He's not really a mouse. There's more to him than meets the eye. Jack takes the form of many a creature that calls Felspite home. Jack squeaked, as if to affirm his adoptive father's words. Plo's eyes narrowed thoughtfully. A seasoned guide and a shape-shifting mouse for a son. Intriguing. Wiley smirked, sensing a deal was at hand. So, how about it? Plo broke into a rare, subtle smile. Very well. To new beginnings. Just as Wiley was about to broach the subject of payment, a cacophony erupted from the entrance of the inn, the door burst open with a violent kick and in stalked three dog folk, each more menacing than the last. Their fur bristled and their fangs were bared, eyes locked onto Wiley. Ah, Wiley Halfenwood, snarled Bazith, the largest of the trio. You thought you could just slay our brother and prance around like a hero. Rigith, a mangy dog folk with a scar running down his eye, added, You've got a debt of blood to pay, Half-Ilf. Gone, the youngest, but no less fierce, growled, and we're here to collect. The atmosphere in the inn shifted instantaneously. Conversations ceased. Drinks were set down. All eyes were on the unfolding drama. 
Wiley's hand instinctively went to the hilt of his blade, his eyes narrowing. Your brother was a bandit and a murderer, and reeked to boot. He got what was coming to him. Bazith snarled, taking a step closer. And so will you. It was then that Plo stepped forward, his eyes glowing softly. Brothers, why spill more blood? Can we not find a path to peace? I implore you to reconsider this course of action, Uton's grace upon you. The dogfolk looked at the massive kappa, then back at each other, their expressions a mix of confusion and disdain. Seizing the moment, Wiley whispered to Jack, Time to make ourselves scarce! With a deft movement, he vaulted onto the bar, tipping top-heavy plow over with a shove of his heel, just as Bazith lunged, the rancorous dogfolk's claws slashing through empty air instead of the kind-eyed Kappa priest. Now, if Wiley were to tell the tale of the trio's daring escape from the lazy Jester Inn, it would surely be one of high adventure and swashbuckling spectacle, swinging from chandeliers and carving his initials into the cheeks of the rabid, snarling dogfolk who were forced to beg at his feet for forgiveness. But Wiley, you should know, was a world-class liar who loved nothing more than spinning a web of deception, whether to get Jack and himself into trouble or out of it. The reality of what happened that day looked much more like this. The lupine dogfolk kinsmen charged the bar, overturning tables and shoving patrons out of their way, patrons who didn't take kindly to their games of chance upended and flagons of drink overturned. An all-out brawl ensued, during which Wiley and Nimble Jack attempted to crawl through the chaos and escape through the front door, choosing their intact necks over any deal with Plo, until they ran smack dab into the doorway, now filled by Constable Sutton and his men, truncheons at the ready. By order of the law, I'm arresting everyone involved in this brawl, Sutton bellowed, his eyes scanning the room for culprits before landing on Wiley, with whom the lawman was no stranger. Halfenwood, Sutton shouted, I should have known. Smirking Wiley quickly reversed course to find Plo toppled over and teetering on his shell, unable to get back up, head barely peeking out as the fight raged around him. There you are, called out Wiley, as if he'd been looking for the kappa all along. He deftly shoved the end of his bow under Plo and heaved the amphibian onto his feet before shouting, This way! Wiley ducked a swiping claw strike from Rigith as he gestured toward the kitchen and watched a chair come smashing down on Rigith's snouted head. Without another word, the trio made their move. Plo lumbered after him, and Jack, still a mouse, scampered up Plo's leg to perch on his shoulder. They burst through the kitchen doors, startling the cooks, and made straight for the back exit. With one final push, the threesome spilled out into the rainy night. The trio sprinted through the labyrinthine alleys of Stormcross, their breaths visible in the cold night air. Behind them, the shouts of Constable Sutton and his men grew louder, mingled with the guttural growls of the pursuing dogfolk. As they reached Drumbrook Bridge, a rickety wooden structure that spanned the murky river, Wiley spotted a trash barge slowly passing beneath it, piled high with the steaming refuse of the town. Realising this was their best hope of escape, they swallowed their pride and pinched their noses. Jump! Wiley yelled, taking the plunge without waiting for a response. He landed with a squelch amidst the garbage. Jack squeaked in what could only be interpreted as reluctant agreement. Plo hesitated for a moment, his eyes meeting Jack's. 
Then, with a resigned sigh, he too leapt, his massive form causing the barge to sway dangerously as he landed. Above them, the frustrated shouts of the lawmen and the dogfolk echoed into the night, slowly fading as the barge carried them away. They were free, at least for the moment. As they lay there, amidst the stench and filth, it was hard to imagine that this motley crew, now marooned in a floating heap of trash, would play a pivotal role in events yet to unfold.